When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Back in the 90s, comedian Anna Valenzuela fell in love with punk and ska bands like Green Day, Operation Ivy, Bad Religion, Aquabats, Flugging Molly, and The Cramps. She began doing comedy in 2014 in the Orange County, Long Beach area, and by 2015 found herself involved in LA's roast battle scene. By the end of that year, she was tapped to be on Comedy Central's Roast Battle. While more recently she's moved away from the roasting scene, she's gotten involved with other DIY corners of comedy, like performing at Fest. And during her trips to Fest these past three years, she's enjoyed getting to see many punk and ska bands. We brought Anna on this week to see where her corners of comedy intersect with ska. Also be sure to check out her new special, Murder Puss, which will release on Brandy Posey's label, Burn This Records, in early 2024. One of my favorite things about going to Fest is the friends you make at Fest. And Anna is one of those friends for me. I was introduced to Anna by a previous guest, Brandy Posey, at our show at the the High Dive last year. And we've remained friends since. Very cool. And now uh, you brought her on this show to talk about ska. I mean, I've said before that one of my favorite, like, next to drummers... My other favorite guests, comedians. Now, can you imagine if we ever had a comedian who was a former drummer? Wouldn't that be something? What would that have been like? Hey, go listen to that Fred Armisen episode again. I think a good place to start would be Fest. The Fest of it all. The Fest, yeah. Your first Fest was like two years ago. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. This year was my third year. So yeah, um, Oh, that would have been, uh, yeah, 2021. 2021. What was that like for you? Did you you perform comedy there? I assume that first time, right? Yes. So um, I, you know, uh, for me coming up, I started comedy in Long Beach and Orange County, and so in my first comedy festival was actually a music festival called Broke LA. Um, but I came up doing stand up like in between uh, punk bands, oftentimes, or like it's some sort of like punk art 
craft queer collective thing and then also could you come in and do some stand-up and um so I really felt at home at fest right away because my favorite kind of festival reminds comedians that they are not rock stars (laughs) we always need to be reminded that we are not rock stars (laughs) well it kind of seems like comedians are more rock stars than rock stars are these days in terms of how (sighs) people are looking at these uh mediums yeah, and we're, we please stop, please stop doing that, everybody. Um, I my favorite thing at, at Fest because everybody is like so cool and so supportive, and my favorite thing is like I'll meet a band and they'll be like, "Oh, you're you're like, I've always wanted to do stand up," and I'm like. I've always wanted to play an instrument and sing for people, but I cannot count and walk at the same time. And I think counting is a big part of music. So, um, yeah, it's it, it for me. I know that like, uh, I think the parallels between like punk, ska, and stand up is that a we're nerds, and b we um, have a DIY. Most of us have a DIY uh, ethos because we have to. You know, we have to, we're driving ourselves. we're, we're crashing on couches. We're, you know, we're eating, um, as much, if not more Taco Bell. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and on top of it all, like we are, um, you know, we're, but we're out there alone. I think that's the, that's the one thing, but at the end of the day, the whole lineup, all the comics are together. Like where I came up in Long Beach, if somebody heckled one comic, oh my gosh, that I felt sorry for that person in the front row because the whole lineup was going to go after that person. And so, yeah, it's like uh, it, there is like a DIY kind of us against the world vibe, underdogs, perpetual underdogs. Um, but yeah, I in some ways um, I was thinking about it today, how people like cringe as like punk and ska got big and like started being, you know, commercial music and uh and then like shrunk and and expands and contracts and i think stand-up is doing the same thing where it's like big and everybody's like oh just love that you're a truth teller and it's like no i tell dick jokes sir <laughs> like i they're very fun dick jokes but they're like definitely dick jokes so <laughs> so when you perform at the at fest do you do you have certain kinds of jokes that you feel like fit better for that audience than other audiences or did you tailor your set anyway mm-hmm. You know, that's a great question. I think the first time, my first set, I, I, I attempted to do that a little bit. And what I realized is, first off, like the fest audience is so sweet. They, um, they empathize really hard. They're like, oh, you know, and they're really good listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're also exhausted. And if it's in the Hippodrome, they're cooling off before going to see, you know, the band that makes them feel 14 again. And, um, so, and they're smart crowd. So, um, any pander panda like behavior, I remember I like told some joke about like going to the waffle house or something. And they looked at me like, and like, we expect more of you now do that. <laughs> and so, so I very quickly was like, okay, so I just go out and do my material and, and, uh, and try not to like offend anybody, <laughs> but also be offensive. You know, I think this, this year I was like, uh, you know, I came out and started making fun of my last vocal cord being left at Folly. Um, and that was fun because then they heard about it and then I made new friends. So it was fun. <laughs> I remember when when you brought up Folly, you didn't get quite the 
the response you were hoping for and you berated <laughs> the audience a little bit. Yeah, that too. When I say I try not to offend, that's actually not true. Um, I'm I'm pretty combative sometimes, especially because they did slap. And I was like, so I, I just really first off, Adam, anytime you're going to tell me like, hey, come check this band out. I know I'm in good, for sure. a good time. I'm going to have yeah. a great time. Right. So I'm going to somehow get to dance and also uh, just you know, had rock out and and go hard, and and I love all of that. And so, um, yeah, that is my thing. Uh, usually, like if a if a crowd isn't giving enough to a comedian, I'll be like, you know what, you guys really let me down. I, I'm disappointed in you. Uh, so yeah, I did berate them, and I I was like, well, I guess fuck that band, and uh, and then they all laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck them then. Go, can't get ourselves over to the Heartwood, Mike catch a ska band or something <laughs> you know <laughs> so that is one thing about punk that like i i gosh i remember i'm i was trying to remember today the bands so there's this venue in fullerton that we were performing stand-up like an hour of stand-up in between bands and every comedian that went up there was like a uh, a comedian who um uh, had been on like SNL and like all these like store comics and they were struggle bussing and hating it. Cause, cause what they didn't realize is none of them people give a shit about them. They just want to see their buddy play bass in the band, mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, so it was funny cause my first words are like, I come out there and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I get it. You're not here for us, but could you shut the, put the, you know, put the paps in your mouth if you can't shut the fuck up, you know, and just started yelling at them a little bit. And, um, and they kind of, they got it. You know, I was like, I get it. You know, you're all, you're all white boys with Mexican girlfriends, you know, who <laughs> out here in Orange County with your little strike anywhere shirts and shit. And like, <laughs> you know, I get it. Like, so, um, so I, yeah, I definitely can turn that on it fast. That's definitely what happened in that moment. I was like, oh, you're not going to support this band? Well, fuck you. Because yeah. they're my new favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. So my, my other favorite thing was, you know, they, so the, the audience kind of ebbs and flows because everybody's going everywhere. Yes. But the room was pretty full when you were performing, but people kept coming yeah. in. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you kept talking shit every time somebody would walk in front of you. Yeah. I get, yeah. I was... I'm going to, I'm going to blame the cold meds. Um, I was like, no, I do that anyway, but yeah, I do talk. I, you know, what it is, is it's like, um, there is inherent to my comedy. There is that like Chicano roast your ass when you're feeling insecure, kind of like, you know, somebody, you know, t you know play in the dozens mm -hmm. in an, in a parking lot, you know, there's like a little bit of that. So my, my way of normalizing, cause every, again, everybody at fest, they like come in the room. There's no, okay. So if you haven't been to fest before out in Gainesville, they put the comedy in the one theater that like, it makes it, it's the only, you can't put a band there. Yeah. It would make zero. It's too nice. Yeah. Um, and you can't, it, the thing about comedy and it works except for it's difficult to get in and out of the theater in an organized fashion without disrupting it. And again, we're the little sideshow of fest, you know, we're all going, we're all basically, we get paid like, you know, airfare and the chance to see all our favorite bands and, you know, again, feel like teenagers. And like, so it is that thing of like, 
people are trying to sneak in real quiet, you know, like they're trying to sneak into homeroom and stuff. <laughs> and so I, my way of normalizing that is being like, yeah, come on in, sit down. You're not, in, you're not embarrassing yourself. It's fine. You're doing good. <laughs> sit. Okay. You're fine. It's fine. You're here for the AC. Do you even know who, you know, do you even know what comedy, you know, just kind of talking shit is, is how I normalize it. That's how I bring people in, believe it or not. Um, Cause where I come from, if someone's not talking shit to you, they probably don't like you very much. Sure. Mm, yeah. The, the other thing I noticed so, about that venue, cleanest bathroom anywhere at Fest. Now you told them, Adam. Yes, it is the best bathroom. Uh, yeah, we should bleep that out, really. <laughs> we should. Yeah, it should be. It is the cleanest bathroom and it has toilet paper the longest. Um, it They changed it to all like two giant all gender bathrooms yeah. instead of I kind of miss. I wish they had just made them both all gender bathrooms with stalls. I, I don't care if a guy can hear me fart. Sure. It's fine. You know, um, especially at Fest. That's a mating call there, right? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> it's like how you meet your husband or whatever. Um, but, what I, but like, yeah, what I like about Fest is like, especially there's a lot of the comedians. There seems to be like two sects of comedians there because it was Brandy Posey. One day she, we were talking about music and she was like, you've never been to Fest. And I was like, no and she was like okay i'm gonna you know she gave me the information mm -hmm. and um and i was so excited to go and um and to have like what i found is just like when i was a teenager i want to i want to be able to dance mm -hmm. i've never been that uh cool guy in the back of the room i think the comedians separate into two two categories like ska dorks and um and I say that with love. Yeah. And uh, as 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 one of us. Um, and uh, and then uh, uh, like guys with their arms crossed in the back of the the sad boy venues. I call pretty much, <laughs> you know, the ones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, the ones and they all have a girlfriend with a chest tattoo <laughs> and like the smallest of eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> they just pluck those things into oblivion. Exactly. And they're just like, yeah, they're just like arms crossed in the back of the venue. No one looks like they're having fun, but they're all seeing they're, they're having the best time of their life, apparently. And that is for them. Yeah. Me, I want to wear colors and hop up and down and sweat and, you know, go from like, you know, go from doing like a like a samba almost to like twerking and then back to skanking, you know, yeah. like I like to I like to mix it up. <laughs> that was my my favorite thing is is. You know, yeah, I would look over in the crowd at the high dive and pretty much you were like stage. I can never get these right. <laughs> if you're facing the stage, you would be to the, my right. Like yeah, stage right. That was like yeah. your spot. Yeah. 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 Well, because, you know, you got to be able to get I'm, I'm a woman of a certain age. You got to be able to get to fresh <laughs> air at any time. So, True. uh as as we were talking about on the internet today, uh, punk is not dead, but man, it's it needs an ibuprofen and a nap. Um, but uh, but yeah, but no, I really what I discovered, I think it was it wasn't the first year I went. Maybe it was the first year I went. My favorite night of fest is that like um, the the cover portion of the evening. Yeah, it, it, the high dive mm -hmm. is like my favorite. And by the way, have y'all talked about this? Uh, did Adam tell you he had, I mean, Omnigon had a transcendent set at this last fest. Oh, thank you. I did not hear uh, transcendent. No, tell, tell us about it. 
It was so good. It was so, it was, I mean, Adam was dividing the audience to like properly regulate a pit. Like it was, it was, the kids were going hard. It was, it was a beautiful thing to just like be there and scream alongside and have the most fun. And I, I also think it's like, there's such a diversity of age group in the, in the high dive on a Sunday. There's just like hella people in there. You know, there's people that like, that were there when, you know, when, when the first op Ivy records were printed, they were there, <laughs> you know, they were, I, I was there when two tone before they called it two tone, they were just looking. And then they thought I have an idea, you know, just, just the, the greatest, you know, grandpas of Scott. And then you've got, um, you've got the kids and they're just like with their, like Gen Z hair and just everyone looks like an otaku, which rings true to my heart and um and it's just like so much fun and um i I, there's a furry pitting the whole time there's a furry pitting the whole time and um and and that's kind of like so i i got sober when i was 20 and i feel like i'm aging in reverse like i'm getting more and more closer to like my teenage years where i'm like i want to stand in the front and i want to sing and i want to be loud and i want to let it all go yeah at the show like that's that's my whole vibe and you guys brought it (laughs) it was i was like this is because where do we see you it was like uh, in north hollywood it's like it wasn't a house of blue it was like a oh yeah it was the the knitting factory and it was on like a on like a tuesday night or something yeah on a tuesday night yeah and like you know and 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 hey you know what rad show for a tuesday night you know especially in la you can't get people out of there out of their, the, the, you just can't. Yeah, they they won't even go across town to get laid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so like, uh, to, you know, but to see that, like, you know, and uh, what I love about Omnigon, not to just like make this uh just a love fest, <laughs> and about you, Adam, <laughs> is that you, uh, you bring it whether it's for five people or fifty people or five hundred people, the exact same passion and energy. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, the, the great thing about Adam is that even when his band's not playing and he's in the audience, yes, he brings energy to the pit. He gets the pit going and he he finds the people that are a little nervous, but he can tell they want to join the pit and he brings them to the pit yes. and gets them going. Yes, he's <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the yeah, he he draws everyone to him in this like in this like very cool um inclusive it it's like the the definition of like being inclusive and being welcoming yeah. and i think in in punk and ska and probably like growing up there were a lot of times where i i maybe didn't feel um welcomed in that way mm-hmm. there's a lot of like okay well you like ska name three bands that yeah. aren't the boss tones yeah you know what i mean so yeah. like there is that um so which is was Scott's like the least amount of that you're going to get in any, any music scene really. But like, it is very cool to have somebody there. Who's like, I think the first time we met was, it wasn't 2019 or 20, uh, 2021. It was 2022. We were like, if some, if anybody creeps you out, you let, you let me know and I'll take care of them. Cause if you guys <laughs> don't know this, Adam is hella tall. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, I was going to say that to you. Um, 
<laughs> so, so yeah, um, you're totally right on. It's that vibe of like, come on, guys, we're having a party. Let's go dance. Yeah. Let's go, let's go skank and yell and scream and have a good time. So in summary, Adam is just the greatest human being. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that why you guys have the video off so Adam can't be seen uh, blushing? Yes. I love it. I mean, the funny thing is Adam's in some like dark room with like candlelight <laughs> and like, uh, like skulls and stuff. So it just it would be such a weird vibe if you could see him right now. But it's also a mess in here because we've been moving we've been moving stuff around all day and we were cleaning out our garage. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that isn't usually in here. But you are correct. The lights are like dimmed and... I did bring a candle over here so I could light it. Wow. Yeah. Just just equal parts spooky and joy. Yeah. That's, that's all anybody could want in the world, that's, really. That's all I want. I was going to say, uh, I, was, I was babbling my way towards the, uh, the cover songs. The only time I've ever felt legitimately unsafe at Fest, honestly, <laughs> in a pit, where I was like, I'm going to lose. I'm going to, this is it where grandma loses her hip. Like, Tia Fuerte is going to go down, was a cover of Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone uh, at the High Dive with all of the ska bands. Oh, during uh, during uh, Devin K's set? Yeah, during Devin K's set. That's why I thought, oh, I'm going to die. This is it. <laughs> this is, everyone's losing their minds. Yeah. Um, and and I loved the this year that like special moment of just uh, a lot of California from like all the way from Orange County all the way up to the Bay, like like fishbone cover and and of course uh i'm a little sad that not all the children didn't know every word to welcome to paradise i thought that was mandatory uh <laughs> but it was it was very cool to be like to have that moment and and i remember i texted some comics that i came up with in orange county and and um and i i texted them i was like yeah i don't want to do fest without you next year like um you know, if, if, if I get asked to come back, but, um, it's like, there are some comics that like, you know, when we first started, you'd have like a bad, we'd have a bad set and I just wordlessly put on born to lose and then drive away from the venue, you know, or like, um, you know, turn on no effects or turn on, you know, just whatever. And it was kind of like our, our little code to each other that like, it's okay, buddy. We all eat a dick every once in a while. It's fine. <laughs> Could you tell us who the ska dorks are? The ska dork comedians are. I know there's you and Brandy Posey. Yes. Who who are the other ska dork comedians? Oh, let me think. Okay. Um. Uh. Well, mm, JMB floats. Uh, John Michael Bond floats back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um. And then um, Kevin Casey White likes to dance more than any. Like he looks like sad cool guy music like he likes like he's gonna go and like cross his arms and watch thursday you know what i mean (laughs) but like he also (laughs) is gonna like dance his ass off if um if uh scottoon covers um toxic you know what i mean like he's gonna he he's gonna show up for the for the fun of it all um and then you've got let me think let me think uh of course uh jake flores who was not there this year Mm -hmm. And then, um, gosh, I think, uh, I don't, I don't know with Curtis. I think Curtis is more of like a hardcore, like more like punk kind of a guy, but he'll show up to be like, you know, and, um, yeah, I think, I I think that's kind of what comes to mind right now. (laughs) 
and and Kelly Kelly McInerney uh, again like me is is there to party and shake her booty. She is if if I were drunk I'd be if I were a drinking person I I would be much more like her probably, <laughs> but like in jail too because I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and of course, uh, Andrew Hillary, like, um, I, you know, it's uh, the thing I like, too, about Fest is because um, I, I, I sometimes I get a little because I, I like to hang out at the uh, at the ska stage a lot because it's just fun and the vibe is welcoming. And uh, at my own album recording, a Fest friend I met on Sunday at the High Dive was there. Nice. Just a random yeah. dude I was dancing with was like, yeah, I'll come see your show. Like. So it was just one of those, oh, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful. It all leads to this or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's um, there's a lot of uh, uh, camaraderie there. But I always got to remember to, like, venture out. There's always, I feel like, every fest, there are bands I didn't see that I definitely wanted to see. And I'm like, I got to go next year and see them. Um, I, was, I always feel that way. Do you guys feel like it? it's sand running through your fingertips? Oh, yeah. I was I was trying to tell somebody. Cause they were like, yeah, Fest looked awesome. I was like, yeah, the worst part of Fest is you, you basically have to decide what rad things you're going to miss. And then if you're not on point and like mm -hmm. going to the next thing, you just miss it by default because you just run out of time. Yeah. So like, I, I remember there, the few things that I missed, I missed, I missed Eve six, which for no good reason, <gasps> other than like I was just standing in the wrong place at the wrong time and was like, oh shit, I should be, I should have been watching Eve Six. Can, can I recreate it for you? Sure. So I want you to imagine the hardest looking punk dudes, just tattoos from the eyelids down. <laughs> okay. Like bald, just like fuck everything tattooed on their knuckles, you know, the, the hardest looking punk dudes. And then like, some goofy comedians in the middle, just all scream singing to um, Inside Out. Scream singing to Inside Out all at once. Yeah, it was it was actually kind of magic because it was like a moment where we were all like, you know what? Yeah, guess what? We're not cool. None of us are cool. <laughs> cool is cringe, and now cringe is cool. And just shut up. Let's everybody just sing that hard to blender song. Let's do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was dope. And then there, there was a there was a band called Wolf Face that played a refused mm. cover set, oh. which I would have loved to have seen. But I was just like, I was I was at the furthest point away from where they were. <laughs> I had like seven <laughs> minutes to get there, and I actually <laughs> found one of those like bird scooters, and I was like, "Fuck <gasps> it, I'll I'll take my life into my own hands and get one of yeah. these." And it was out of order, so <laughs> I was like, "I'm not making it." There's no way. <laughs> From what menu were you at like Heartwood trying to get over to? Yeah, I was all down at Heartwood and I was trying to get past Bo Diddley. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my regrets, uh, my regret last year, which I made good on was Folly. Yeah. Right. And then my regret this year was, um, my, the person who had the car I got a ride with, uh, who had had some drinks and needed me to drive him home, uh, called it quits right before um, MS Paint mm. and um, Gels. Okay. Those are the two where I'm like, damn it. I saw Gel twice this year because I went to the crazy after show, <sighs> like in a dirt lot that went on until 3.30 in the morning. It was totally worth That's it. That's so much shit. I should have just went back. If somebody had been like, hey girl, come over to this dirt lot, I'm going to drop a pin. I would have... <laughs> 
I would have figured I would have found a lime scooter that was still working. <laughs> it wasn't a bad walk. It was it was okay. I uh it wasn't bad. And then the good thing was I got there and there was still like a whole band for me to wait through. So like okay. it wasn't it wasn't a thing. See? Yeah, you sh- I, sh- I should have taken you with me. Oh no, I was. We were already back at the Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> in defense of Ska, we'll return in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you mentioned your um, your new special that you just recorded. I hear I heard that you and has asked Adam about using Omnigon for this special. Yes. So okay. So okay. So first off, many comedians had sat me down and been like, "Girl, you need to record a special. Whatever this perfection or record an album. Whatever this perfectionist bullshit is, you got to stop it. Just." Put those put those jokes on record and then leave them behind because you've been doing them for almost 10 years. And um, it was Adam who broke through because it's like comedians. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, all right. But Adam was like, I'm tired of listening to the same three jokes on YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, but it hit me. I felt shame, you know, like it hit me in my heart. And I was like, all right, I got to do something about this. And so what ended up happening was, so the idea was, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to record this album. I'm going to do the best jokes I've done in the last 10 years. And, and I really wanted to put something together that was a narrative. And then I, um, I asked my friend from Radland Records, uh, it will be a burn this release, Brandy Posey's label. Um, it will be a burn this release. But um, Radland had asked me to be with them early on. And so I was like, hey, do you want to come do production for it? So I went out to the Comedy Fort out in Fort Collins um, with uh, David Rodriguez, uh, his club. It's awesome. Um, it's it's it was built with comedians in mind. So it records really well. They mic the audience. So I was like, okay, I just want some additional audio and video coverage in case I want to release it. And then I started to kind of like talk to the dude about like, well, what if it was more of like a DIY kind of skate video special? Like what if it reminded us of those like old VHS tapes that would have like punk music and like random stuff like you know, what if it gave us that kind of zine feel, but, uh, but a comedy special. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't read any more emails and then kind of forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so we get there and, um, and it, it was the whole journey leading up to it was crazy because I was like, I had surgery this year, um, had to eat the ute, had to go. Eat the ute. You had to eat that ute. She had to go. She was an unreliable member of the team. Her quarterly review was, you got to get out of here, you rotten bag of meat. Um, 
So my favorite thing is sometimes I like when people are yelling about the Supreme Court, I'm like, I beat them to it. They can't <laughs> regulate it. It's not there. Um, but yeah, so we we go out and um, I, I leading up to it. And, and again, Tony, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, because I was originally I had emailed Tony and I was like, hey, can I do fest? Because I, I real talk, I really want to see Guar. I've never seen Guar. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I want to see my friends all in one place. And and Tony was like, yeah, you can do it. We're giving out, you know, he gave me a, a certain set. And then so many comedians dropped out. I ended up with a nice long set to prepare for my album. And he also was like amiable to that kind of email of like, hey, if there's more time available, I'd love to do I'd love to do a longer set to prepare for my album. And I had a wicked cold that week and then came to fast. Yeah. You sounded like shit straight up. I, yeah, I sounded bad. <laughs> um, probably should have canceled. It was bad. I have apparently every year there's a comedian that just loses their voice altogether. And this year it was my turn nice. to be the, the one who's just like, Hey guys, what's up? So, uh, so I'm losing my voice every 10 seconds. Um, and there is a, uh, uh, like I get over there and then I go on tour and, and we're leaving, we're driving from fest to altercation and, uh, they've got some dates lined up. And as long as nothing happens during that time, I will be fully 100% prepared to do my album. I will be just like road hard, ready to go. And then I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I went from having like a cold sinus infection thing to having COVID and I just immediately rushed home and, um, and slept for a week. That was like my whole, my body was just like shut down mode. You got to sleep. And then I woke up and was like, oh shit, I'm recording an album in a week. And <laughs> Brandy was kind enough to put like a, 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 a show together in LA. So my LA friends and family got to see kind of the proto version of that and um, it was very funny because my one homegirl showed up and she sat in the front row and then change fell out of her purse for like almost 20 minutes. I was like, it sounded like a slot machine was throwing up on the floor. It was great. <laughs> and um, I was like, what in the Native American casino situation are we doing here? Um, so that was fun. And then I got to uh, go out to Denver and run it just a couple more times. And then, boom, I was recording at the club and everything, it must, it must feel like, if, Adam, have y'all had those like tour moments where you're like, if anything else goes wrong, I'm just going to laugh hysterically for the rest of my life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because there's only two, there's only two modes, right? You can either laugh at it. Or you can like flip a table, have a diva moment, but I don't have diva money. I have like punk rock suck it up money. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so what happened was we get out there and um, the club was like, we have to on a Sunday night, move your, uh, move your album slash special taping up to uh, eight 30 in a college town in the mountains. There's a worse way that that can happen. How so? They move it earlier. Oh, that's true. Like when I was like, oh, she got, she got moved, but. At least it's forward. It's, it's later. So it's like, it's like, okay, well, if somebody shows up at seven, they're bummed, but they're like, oh, I can, I can figure it out. I literally had friends in L. This is how you can tell I'm an elder millennial. Cause I had friends in LA <laughs> who were like seven o'clock. Really? That's late. <laughs> 
Like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, have you thought about noon? Like it was just, it was just yeah. unhinged. So, um, so yeah, so we get there. So I'm, I'm a little bit panicked and shout out to all of the like local Denver famous comics that, uh, reposted and, and helped me kind of like rally the troops. And then, um, let's see night one, uh, the electrical cut out on one wall of the venue because I turned the heater Sick. on for the uh, for the headliner. So about a minute into my set, the audio completely drops out. Um, and then uh, night two, we drove up on a uh, uh, we were leaving with flyers because then I just go into like country kid mode. I'm just like, hey y'all, hey how oh you seem really cool. Would you want to go to a show on Sunday night at eight <laughs> thirty? You doing anything? Here, tell me in Essentia. Here, let me give you. I'm gonna give you my number. Like just real, real country shit. And what was yeah. great about it is my um my uh Kyle Clark of Radland. He found something that every other comedian, almost every com other comedian in my life thinks is the most annoying thing about me on the road is that I'll talk to anybody and I'll invite any old person to the show. I'm just like, hey, hey, y'all, you want to come listen to some stand up comedy? It's dark humor about my reproductive problems. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> You want to come into it? It'll be fun. Um, so, so yeah. So he started rolling on a lot of that, and gosh, we were getting flyers made at uh, at the, the like Office Max. And I go to leave, and there is a flipped car in an intersection, and a bunch of teenagers running around, and people trying to like free people from an Escalade. And before I know it, I am I've parked my car, and I'm just running out to try to help, and. <laughs> He is just like, and I'm like, hey, I don't think you should uh, let those people out of that Escalade that way. You should wait for the paramedics. And I see all the kids just kind of panicking. And I'm like, hey, um, so everybody who's in the Accord, you're all, I'm responsible. I'm the irresponsible adult until your parents get here. So um, everybody gather around. You have to stay in my eyesight. Please call your parents, but call them. Don't go across the parking lot to call them. Okay. Because the EMTs are going to need to triage you and I don't I just went full auntie mode on a on a like emergency scenario and then I got in the car and went back to the hotel and th or went back to the comedy club threw on some clothes and 20 minutes later I was I was featuring <laughs> at a comedy <Jesus>. club. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Those are like the most fun sets I think of the weekend because it captures that what Adam seen me do where it's like occasionally I'll just like fight an audience for laughs like yeah. It's that roast battle in me. I'll come for you. And so um, so I, I liked those sets a lot. And then Sunday rolls around and not only did the sound cut out the second the show started, we went in there to sound check earlier that day. We set up all our equipment, everything. Once my um, Once my video guy was like, oh yeah, you want to do video. And so we came up with these like great DIY solutions. We went to Best Buy, bought a bunch of stuff and returned it. Like <laughs> we were just committing little crimes to get it done, you know? And, um, and so we've got like four cameras up and um, a bunch of mics. We're giving it as much, you know, professional audio as we can. And uh, the first thing that happens is like the venue's mic setup drops out as the uh, as the the host enters the stage, just pop drops out. 
Dope. And I come running out just like a crazy person, like, all right, guys, let's keep this energy going. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah. And we somehow got like 60 people in that venue. And, um, but yeah, so uh, the audio cuts out immediately and I come running out and I'm like, ah, everybody keep it going. Keep that energy up. And then the, uh, the like the two openers go up and they're doing great and the crowd's a little different they're a little more sensitive they're laughing at certain things they're really sweet and um, then I go up and I'm doing my set they're a little smaller so I can't be as big and combative I actually kind of have to draw them in a little bit more so it's a little more as my as Kyle said he goes like you were feral when you got on stage, you were like the feral version of you that everyone sees on the road, which is like a little on my heels sometimes and a little like, come, you know, come on, guys, let's have a good time. And then um, and then the uh, his camera overheats in the middle of it. And so I see him just running around like crazy in the background and trying not to get distracted. And I got to do the hour and it came out the way I wanted it to. And everybody was really sweet. And afterwards. Uh, I run out and it felt like, have you ever seen um, Pee Wee's Big Top Adventure? Yeah. Like, huh. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when he looks into the audience and there's like the goat and like everybody from all the scenes in the movie, I really mm. could look in the audience and see people I had invited individually, which was hilarious. And, <laughs> um, and that like the girls from the crystal store, you know, like, like just everybody in Fort Collins, I came within 10 feet of got an invite to the show. And then, um, and then afterwards my, so I've been cleaning sober for a long time and basically the local anonymous, anonymous people, it word got around that, you know, that weekend was also my 21st anniversary of being clean and sober and they all showed up to the show. So it was this like, wild experience where it was like we broke the record for the amount of Shirley Temple sales in the club. <laughs> like it became like a joke. They would be like another Shirley Temple, huh? <laughs> Not to say if you're a comedy club booker, listen, my people, they buy drinks. They just don't buy drink drinks. So because um, alcohol sales are what keep comedy clubs open. I, I will, I guess I'll sure. encourage more drunks to come. I don't know. Um, but it was really cool. And, and I felt in the whole weekend just felt like, very DIY, very punk, very like, let's do this. Like, let's see what we get warts and all. And that's kind of the, it became the the ethos of it is like, what we're going to show is like the warts and all. I immediately, yeah. he was like, my, uh, Kyle was like, uh, any of your band friends think they want to contribute? And I was like, I'm definitely asking Adam right now. And so, <laughs> Yeah. And so, and so many of the songs, like I've sent him like a little playlist and so many of, of, of your tracks, especially from the most recent album, um, they all like, it really captured that vibe. Like, are we okay? Yeah. That was, <laughs> was what I was going to say. It was very much because there was a most, there were a few moments where we would both look at each other with like excitement because we knew we were catching this very weird moment. Um, yeah. You know, we're both like big uh, Insomniac with David Tell fa like fans, and we're both big um, documentary fans over maybe special fans. We like comedy albums, but like some specials can feel very polished, very staged. And he kept thinking I wanted polished and staged, and I was like, No, I want you to give video of me burping. Like, 
<laughs> like I trip and fall down. Like, like I'm a goof, you know, I, the, my whole thing is like, I'm a mess in a fun way, you know, not right. in a dangerous way, in a fun way. And so, so that's, that's kind of what we captured. And I, I feel like, like the water heater broke at the, at the comedy condo an hour before the show. Let me think of other weird things that happened. The pipes burst at a hotel we stayed at. It was just like, just one little calamity after another. And it's all, you know, stuff that we had no control over. So what are you going to do? Just ride it yeah. and have fun. That's the best attitude you can have for all that stuff. Exactly. And you, that was kind of too, it was like asking you to to have Omnigon, you know, contribute to that. I think is you guys have such a positive attitude and like, it's a keep it real attitude. Like we can all acknowledge when something sucks, but yeah. also acknowledge like, like it's going to be okay because we have each other. We have unity. We have like, you know, it's, it's, we're not alone. And I think that's, that's the, the vibe. But yeah, when I immediately sent him, I was like, okay, so now you got to listen to this song. And he hasn't, he hasn't gotten back to me. So I was chasing him around all weekend, just like playing music from fest. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you need to hear this and you need to hear this and you need to hear this, you know? And so, so it was very, it was very cool. It was very cool. So thank you. Thank you for having that conversation with me. We'll see where it goes. I mean, obviously, yeah. as you pointed out, music, music licensing and, and rights and stuff is always very silly. And yeah, I mean, like we, we don't care, like, of course use it, but like, <laughs> I know that like, there could be the thing of like, Oh, but, but if you're doing X, Y, Z, then you got to talk to so-and-so. And that's very uh, true. That's very, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know all that stuff. I mean, I, uh, there is a crossover. Um, like there are comedians I came up with, like, who know who've been in bands like yeah. with y'all which is all crazy like it's all crazy what a small world by the way mm -hmm. <laughs> what a small insane world like the fact that like here's here's a crazy thing we talked about um our mutual friend uh john you know it's weird uh -huh. about him is we knew each other for years and he just like casually brings up that he's been in bands that i love talking about john graber <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just casually brings it up <laughs> So, so, wait, so John Graber, okay, so for for ska people, his biggest connection probably is with We Are The Union, I would assume, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, he's worked with them on some music, like behind the board, but he's also been in a couple of their videos. Mm -hmm. Rasputin, he, he's dancing, does a great dance in that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the uh, Your Way, Your Time, he is a sad banana. I think that was like yeah. done at peak COVID, so I think it was like... Oh, I'll, I'll, we're all in, stuck inside and we're all sad. I think that was what the, the point of that was. We're all sad bananas. We're all sad bananas. We'll be right back after this. Your relationship or your, your initially meeting of John though was through recovery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, friends and friends, friends of friends, coffee cult stuff. And he comes running up to me uh, one day and was like, hey, uh, this is this is going to sound weird, but uh, it's not I'm not trying to be creepy or anything. I have a wife, uh, but uh, can we be friends? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. And so 
so yeah, so we became friends that way and um, became really fast friends too, which is so cool. And like, just like watching him from that moment of like financial insecurity and like, I don't know how I'm going to make my next paycheck to, you know, being almost impossible to, to book out, to, to do stuff with now because he's so busy. It's like, it's so cool. And I, I mean, I love watching people around me thrive like that to me. I think there's a lot of like musicians and comedians that can sit around and, and look and, and look over the fence and be like, why don't I have that? Or why isn't this like this? Sure. Or, you know, but I love watching people thrive. You know, it just really it's like because where my brain goes is, hey, if it's the, if it's them, it could be me, you know, mm-hmm. and like and also look at them go. Look at them go, you know. Uh, so. So, yeah, so it's been really cool. But, yeah, he's 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 a grump and I love him, you know, <laughs> He's usually, I'm usually the person he calls if he's giving y'all a hard time and then calls me and is like, you know, gets whatever the poison out of his system. And then I go. Yeah. Yeah. So and and likewise, I had some, uh, you know, I've had tour moments where I have to call him and be like, I just I have I have tour things I need to complain about. And it'll be like, all right. You know, and like at the end of the day, it, you're living your life beyond your wildest dreams. So it's it's super fun. What are, what are some other things that John has done? I know he's he's worked with Eve Six, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with uh, if you guys had him on, you should have him on. I'm sure you have, right? We have not yet had on John, but we've had Eve Six on. Oh, okay. Um, if we have John on, though, we're gonna spend we're gonna spend an hour twenty minutes talking about banana, but the, the sad, sad banana. banana. Sad banana. And then twenty minutes talking about everything else. That's so funny. I don't think I've ever seen a, a sad banana. Uh, as good as the one that John played. You know, he can do a little acting. He's been in some <laughs> commercials. Um, but yeah, no, he uh, he plays in no effects now. And then yeah. also, um, like, he just got off tour with, like, Warpaint in South America. Mm-hmm. and Warpaint, huh? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then, like, works with... It's always it's always so random. Like it feels random to me because it'll be like, oh, some band I love. He'll be like, oh yeah, I mix that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's yelling. If he's listening to this, he's yelling. Um, he's like it's this thing and this thing. He's yelling all the answers he's expecting you to say. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, he's worked with Bad Cop. He's done. He's done a lot of stuff in the obviously in the Scott Punk world, but I, I think what's really really fun about him. I'm gonna spill some tea. You ready? My favorite thing is I get to yes. know uh, punk and ska musicians is how every single one of them secretly wants to make a pop album, just like a just like a pop ass pop album. And uh, one of his favorite things, like one day I was like, I'll put some music on because the baby was fussy and um, I'm holding the baby and he's like, are you seriously paying like music I've worked on? Put the, turn that off. He's like, she loves Justin Bieber. And here's the thing. John loves Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) So the baby loves Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) So... One of my favorite things to do is like, because sometimes I'll just go hang with them when they're doing stuff. And, and, uh, like I, I got to see Reed recently over at, at John's studio and we're chilling and listening to some stuff. And I, I will take the, the biggest, like, I'll take like just a cheesy pop reference and I'll just be like, you know what? This is giving me real Taylor Swift vibes. And I mean that in a good way. And they just light up. 
it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute um, to, to find out. It's that moment in the movie Green Room um, where they're like, okay, one, your Desert Island album. And everybody is like answering like, like the most like hardcore, like punk, like, oh, yeah, and they're like really getting into it. And then mm. later on in the movie, when they're about to die, they all start telling the truth. And yeah. one of them's like Britney Spears or like whatever, you know, it's all pop music. It's all like one of them says, I think Prince, November Rain, like like they they all get like honest in a way. And and I like that. I like when I like those little moments when punk and ska guys like drop the cool vibe. They put mm-hmm. down they put down the the pork pie hat and 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 take mm-hmm. off the checkers and then they put sleeves back on their shirt. And then for a moment. <laughs> They're just regular dudes that just like regular things. And for me, those are the sweetest little moments of getting to know uh, punk and ska musicians. It like really brings me joy. It is such a rare moment to get to see ska musicians not being cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, is there anything cooler than having a furry at your show? Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. Can you imagine what the inside of that suit smells like? Oh my God, I can't. Brandy and I have had whole conversations about what that the inside of that smooth suit probably smells like. Because I know what I smell like at the end of the day at Fest. Yeah. I, I always just, I always, like every time I see them at Fest, I'm just like, you're drinking water, right? <laughs> and then from in this, inside the suit, they're like, yeah. Like, okay. You know what? Okay, Adam, this is my pitch. We, uh, we, 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 me and you do yeah. an uncle and auntie booth at Fest. <laughs> Where we just take care of people. Where we just like hydrate people. We've like, look, we've got some Gatorade. I've got, have you had protein today? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got some high protein vegan snacks here because uh, we know that you're gluten free and vegan. And <laughs> feed the scenes already beat us too. That's that. true. That's true. They kept me, there was a moment where, again, I was so sick at, and they just look at me and they're like, they're like, do you want a, a, a baked good? And I was like, I'm allergic to, I'm allergic to wheat. And they said, we have a Rice Krispie treat. And I was like, I love you. Thank you. How can I? <laughs> I, I? You know what? I'm going to allow you to mom me for once. I mom everyone yeah. else. I used to be the comedian with the like, so I'd pick up all the boys in Orange County, uh, especially on a Monday night and I'd pick them up and then we, I'd have like snacks in my car and they uh-huh. used to call me comedy soccer mom. Cause I'd be like, you know, I have an orange back there. You should try some vitamin C. If you eat cigarettes all day, you're going to get scurvy. You're going to get scurvy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's always, I always have a snack on me. So you're right. Feed the scene is doing that. Maybe I always just, I've, I figured out to start telling people if comedy is at the heliotrope to just tell people you're probably on the verge of heat stroke. Why don't you go cool off at the heliotrope? Yeah. Cause that AC is blasting. It's, it's yeah. very nice. And the seats are comfy. It's a way different vibe than the rest of us. Yeah, it is a way different vibe. It is very like it, it and some of the like, I, I know some people like prefer performing at the high dive. I'm just happy to be there. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm just happy to be there. So um, but yeah, it I, I try to again, I'll polish any turd and I'm like, well, the AC is real nice and the chairs are comfortable and we all know we need a nice seat for our backs because we all did you see me um, teaching uh, teaching Esteban how to stretch? <laughs> no, but he needs it. I know, right? He was like, man, my back hurts. And I was like, your hamstrings and glutes are probably pulling your lower back out of alignment. Let me show you how to stretch. <laughs> yeah. So. 
<laughs> I don't, I'm always like, yeah, I think I get to enjoy, I think, and Adam, I don't mean to speak for you, but I think those of us who are a little older are, mm-hmm. we get to enjoy the longevity of, of punk and Scott and having like a fun time and like, yeah. you know, feeling that sort of like ageless joy for, you mm-hmm. know, we get to have that because, you know, we take care of ourselves, you know, we put in souls yeah. in, we, yeah. we don't. We're not flat-footing out there in those Converse streets anymore. We gave those up years yeah. ago. We got to have our support now. A little bit of heel cushioning. Speaking of which, all right, black belt in karate. Yeah. That's your main like like physical activity, right? Yes. Um, I'm a third-degree black belt in a Okinawan style called Weichi Ryu, which is a um, – it's very traditional. It's um, sister styles or Shohei Ryu and – uh, Gojuru, and none of that means I feel like I, yeah, I feel like when somebody is like really getting deep into music and they're like, Have you heard of the most obscure thing ever? That's what I did. I was like, <laughs> Here's the most obscure thing you've ever, um, you've ever heard of. It's not just karate. Oh no, it's Okinawan karate and it's a specific style. And, um, I fell into that when I first got clean. I had like 90 days and, mm-hmm. um, it just became part of my lifestyle and I love it so much. And there was a moment where they were, my back got really bad. Um, and my doctor was like, never do that again, please. And then I found out recently the doctor actually used to train in one of the sister styles and he actually knows oh. a lot about the karate that I do. And so, uh, we just agreed that I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to stretch and protect my back as much as I can and do my little Pilates and my core work and, you know, and have a good time. And, uh, and then occasionally, and also skank a little bit, have a nice time with that. Um, <laughs> I haven't like karate kicked anybody while skanking. Doctor's orders. Doctor's orders. Uh, gotta move. Yeah. Gotta skank gotta a little skank bit. a little bit. My new obsession is um, proving that you can twerk to anything. So if you I remember you told me that like right before Folly. Yes. Like... And then they were like, they were like specifically like, all right, guys, because like if you're not familiar with I assume everybody listening to this podcast is probably familiar with Folly. I have a very fun story to tell you about that too. Um okay. but they um they are uh like Omnigon, uh, the curious mix of ska and hardcore. They're basically converge if converge played ska. Yes. Like they're they're like just like the heaviest, most technically proficient, yeah, like hardcore band. But then oh wait, here's a ska part. Yeah. They slap. They are so yeah. good. They they were uh there's a few bands um that like when I post them in my stories on my social media, my friends like John will slip in and be like, I know that band, I love them. <laughs> so um so Folly was definitely one of those where my friends in LA were like, Oh, you got to see Folly. Like they were so mad. Um and uh of course Adam and I converged over there. There was a moment, who is your homeboy who did the he had everybody doing squats in the pit during Folly? maybe matt or it could have been some of the hans gruber people it was a really good looking dude that buff guy we were walking oh yeah that's matt yeah yeah um and so so yeah so he had everybody getting fit like mad ripped in the pit which Mm. i liked um not skipping leg day boys (laughs) so is this the same matt that yeah we were hanging out with at supernova same same matt he didn't think he was gonna make it to fest and then suddenly he just appeared and he's like i can be here today (laughs) Tomorrow's my my daughter's birthday, but I can be here today. What? Um, oh shit, that's rad! Wow, bring the kid. Yeah. I saw a lot of babies at fest this year. Like, 
with headphones on, like toddlers, yeah. like baby people. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, people people do that. I feel like I like my 10-year-old like really wants to like go full on and like go to like ska and punk shows. Uh-huh. But like he's he's 10. And I told him he can tour with us when he's 14. Oh. Like, you he's take him to wait like a little bit. Do you take him to like the Aqua Take him to Gilman. I no, no, I take him to like Gilman. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I did take him to one of our shows though that was like an all hardcore show though. <laughs> and didn't did not prompt him that it's different than a ska show and he got popped by some kid that was <gasps> the same size as him but older oh my god and he, so he was all bummed out and my wife like scolded me was like you need to like explain that it's different and oh. i was like you're right my bad yeah the, my bad the first time i went to rocky horror my mom busted out the photos from when she went to what rocky horror and told me exactly oh, what shit. to expect yeah 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 so yeah, it's uh well, I guess it's probably easy as a dad to assume that like he knows, he sees. I mean, imagine being 10 and having you as a dad. You're too cool. Sure. I just I just didn't think he would try to get out there without me. Oh. Like cuz we were playing. Mm. So Yeah, he 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 experienced the pit without his giant dad pushing everybody away. Yes. Yes. And without it being like kind ska people who are yes. like, not looking to like crowd kill somebody exactly um yeah there is um oh poor baby um but yeah okay so we're a folly and um and they were like yeah we're just gonna like slow down a little bit like everybody just listen to this one and i immediately started twerking because it felt fun to me they said to <laughs> dance yeah they said to dance and boy howdy did i um but that is that is my my favorite thing is to like booty shake to anything because mm-hmm. it you know what there's not a lot of sometimes there's not a lot of booties at the show you know mm-hmm. you want to talk about you want to talk about graper you should talk to him about his hank hill butt he ain't got no butt that's all i'm saying <laughs> so if you got a booty you gotta represent you know <laughs> you gotta have a little fun um but yeah they were uh they were super fun and did i tell you about their merch guy <laughs> a little bit but let's tell the the audience about the merch guy Okay. Folly, this is Folly's merch guy. This is such a deep cut. I am so sorry. If you're listening it's to this, fine. you've gone from like you've gone from some incredible interviews, like deep cuts on on music. And I'm like, let me just tell you about backstage antics. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, has anyone ever talked about the Folly merch guy? That's, no, never. I mean, now I'm No, not even Folly. Folly didn't even talk about the Folly I, merch guy. I'm here to I'm here yeah. to tell you. Let's hear it. So here's what happens. So <laughs> so I run up and I grab a t shirt. And, um, and I, I didn't realize there was like a line of people behind me. So if you're behind me, I'm sorry. Um, so I run up and I go to grab a t-shirt and the merch guy just kind of like looks up and he's like, Hey, he was like, Oh, I don't I'll go. What's your favorite shirt? And he goes, cause I, cause that's the thing is if you're, if you're listening to this and you're going to shows, it's so much to get a human at the show. But if you want like extra support, like, like if you really fall in love with a band or a comedian or something, buy their merch. Ask them yeah. for their website. Like go and follow them. You know, tell. Oh, two- side, sidebar, really quick. Who has merch now? Oh, I have merch now. I have merch now. <laughs> oh yes, I have real big girl merch. I have T-shirts. You can go to annavalenzuela.com. Um, I will. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, they're not posted. There will be. Um, I, because I have to get by I the got, time this episode is out, they'll yes. be up. Yes, I got scolded by um a fast friend. They were like, "Why do you not have uh anything above?" extra large and i was yeah. like i couldn't afford it and they were like 
your fans are two X people. Okay. And I was like, all right, thank you. So, um, so yeah. So I run over to grab a shirt to support and into, cause I genuinely really had fun watching them. And, um, I'm talking to their merch guy and we just have like a normal conversation, but he is a little like, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age. It doesn't take much. Right. So he was like, <laughs> he was, he was a little like, he goes, uh, he was like, you know, I don't have your size in the shirts that I like. And I was like, oh, which ones do you like? He goes, this one, this one, and this one. He goes, but I'm out of smalls. And the fact that he thought I was a small, what a cutie, you know? <laughs> and so, so I run over and I do my set and I'm talking shit about, you know, I'm just like, oh, I guess we'll fuck them, blah, blah, blah. And that night I got a message from the man that they were like, Adam said that you were funny. And a couple of people said that you were, you mentioned us in your set and you were kind of talking shit and, um, and you know, we're, we we want to see your show tomorrow. And then they didn't show up, uh, which is so funny. <laughs> and cause they had some sort of dramas or whatever. And then I, and they said, our merch guy really enjoyed talking to you. And I was like, Oh, that's so funny. And so I go over and the, the fun thing about, okay, there is a vibe, Adam, you, probably you've been married for a hell of a long time but i wonder if you 15 years yeah yeah i wonder if you noticed this at fest um the sunday night singles are i I heard you i heard you mention that on a different podcast they're in heat yeah yeah there's the the single people are definitely like it's last call and they're looking yeah (laughs) especially the guys suddenly the guys are like hey girl hey and i'm like all right listen young man um (laughs) Yeah. I could have birthed you. It's very cute. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's, you know, and, and it's fun. You dance with hella people, you have a good time, you make new friends. And uh, most of those guys are just like awkward punk ska guys. They're not going to pull the trigger, you know? Right. Very rarely is one of them like, Hey, you want a room key? Like that's the move. If you have a room and you're not sleeping on a couch already, you're a fest 11. <laughs> You got your own room and there aren't 27 t- horn players staying in it and a couple of like, you know, wrestlers, you're a fest 12. You're killing yeah. it. So, so there's um like, anyway, I head over and we're watching the, uh, we're watching, we're dancing, we're having a good time. We're singing, we're watching Omnigon blow everybody's mind. It's amazing. Flying raccoon suit kills. They had a great time. For a fact, uh, the guy who came and saw me at, at Fort Collins was like, oh, I'm going to leave and go see this other band. And I was like, if you like Scott, you should stay for flying raccoon suit. And he goes, why are they, are they any good? And then he leans over halfway through the set. He was like, these people, they fucking rock. I was like, yeah, they're, they fucking roll, dude. They're red. They rip. Chill. And so you made the right call. What are you going to do? Go stand up all diddly with your arms crossed and, you know, let's, you're fine. Stay here. So then, uh, and I say this all with respect. This is just the roast mode sure. in me. Um, yes. So then I go out and uh, and I go say hi to, I go up to the Folly merch table and I said, oh, I heard you enjoyed having a conversation with me. Do you happen to have any shirts in my size now? And we start talking and, <laughs> but there are hella girls like, Lot, like circling this dude. circling the dude like they're like coming up and they're like oh hey like and they're like giving that like game recognized game space where they're like oh you're talking to him i'll wait and i'm like 
I'm just chilling, meeting other, like, I, I also don't want to get in the way because it's easy to, like, occupy a merch table. You want to make sure that, like, the commerce is still taking place because that's how everyone's making right. their money. And so, like, you know, I'm, you know, talking to different members of the band. Everybody was, they were all such kind, lovely dudes. Like, so, so nice. And, um, you know, we're talking back and forth and I noticed there's just, like, kind of there's especially two ladies just kind of circling and at one point um they're loading merch in their van and they're like where is the merch guy for folly like they're mad and i like had to go chase him down for these two women it was very funny um <laughs> and uh yeah and so it became the joke like everybody was like oh did you go you know hang out with that band uh and i was like yeah with the comedy uh the comedy pad we're like, they're laughing. And and we had this whole joke about how we'd never seen a merch guy with so much swag. Like I was like, there were hella girls there. And and Brandy was like, oh, he should have, uh, he should have started uh, folding t- shirts on stage with the band, like, like the hype man for Kill Lincoln. But like, he's just folding shirts. <laughs> you know, he's just the short guy on stage. You know, he's just show, he's yeah. just uh, making sure everybody's sizes are in place. And so that became the joke. And um, I tweeted about it because I thought it was funny and the band saw it and reposted it and then posted a bunch of pictures of him sleeping with his mouth open. So that was great. (laughs) I like being part of a like multi-platform slash in real life uh, clowning on somebody for having too much swag. But it goes, I mean, it is something to meet some, to meet a band that their merch guy has groupies, but they don't. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, only at fest. Only at yeah, fest on only a Sunday fest. when all the when everybody's like, it's I gotta get it in. And it's like, we all smell like cheese. You don't. You just need a massage and a hug. <laughs> and a bottle of water. And a bottle of water and like something greasy to eat, maybe a kiss on the forehead. That's all you need is someone to be yeah. like, you know what? I know that you look like a hot armpit, but guess what? You're still pretty. In Defense of Ska will return in a moment. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about roasting. I want okay. to talk about your Comedy Central roast battle chops. Get into it. Aaron likes this show. Okay. I've watched you on it. You're, yeah, you're very good because you, um, you're, you're, you're friendly and mean at the same time, <laughs> which I think is a good quality to have in a roaster. Yes, yes. I have a very specific okay. question about this yeah. show, though, because I, I, I was a fan of the show. Okay, did you get to meet The Wave? I'm really fascinated by The Wave. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Those guys, I mean, they used to, back in the day, they used to ask every female roaster, would you let The Wave smash? That was like a, that was a, when we were just on Periscope. That used to be uh, a thing. But yeah, there was a couple of times. I think I kissed one of them on stage for fun. You know, you're in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You get weird. Explain to people who what who the wave are, what the wave is, and, and how it relates to the show. It's a comedy roast, bat, roast battle. It's like, it's like roasting, but it's kind of done a little bit like a rap battle. Yes. And then the wave. 
What's the wave? All right. So I'll just kind of present it to you. So if you've never seen a roast battle before, it is basically deus roasting directed at one other person, tit for tat. So you're going, one person tells a joke and another person tells a joke. And then they have a panel of judges that, that judge or audience cheers that judge. Uh, initially, I think it was like audience cheers. And um, I'm kind of like a second like the second sort of wave, the second like iteration of roasters that came through. Um, and, and you also had you, I don't think you got, you might've gotten to see it on my season, but they have a thing called the haters table. So there are also just two of the meanest com- comedians they can find sitting at a table mm, making yeah. fun of you while you roast. You've got the yeah. judges making fun of you while you roast. <laughs> you have the audience yelling, God knows what I was notorious for like, flipping the audience off and yelling at them all the time. And, um, and then you've got, uh, you've got the person roasting you and they're also like rebutting your jokes. There's a lot of moving parts, but if you had a really good joke or really bad joke, there was this three men um, who would all um, Jeremiah Watkins, Jamar neighbors and Willie Hunter would all come running out and um, do these little like 10 second sketches in honor of your joke either going great or going bad so like uh we did a a show on 9-11 and uh not the 9-11 but on a nine nine on a september 11th of the future um and uh they there was a joke that bombed so the first thing they did was like unfurl these like paper twin towers and jump through them and like so they're doing like <laughs> visually insane very physically uh active jokes uh one time jeremiah shaved his pubes on stage oh god um and i've never had anybody ask me about the wave i'm so excited about this i now i have another question though um as you continue this but um yeah I read that they weren't really officially invited, but that they just started doing it and then they're just sort of allowed to continue to do it. Is that is that the case? Well, uh, yeah. So, wow. You Okay. So. And I go deep. <laughs> you go deep, dude. I knew this was coming. I was like, I wonder where the deep question is going to be. Um, so, Roast Battle started at the Comedy Store because two comedians, um, I think it was Jared Levin and this other guy. They're both kind of unhinged. They're both the kind of comedian that'll get get like naked and kicked out of a club, you know? And um, they got in an argument. And so uh, during the Sunday mic and uh, Brian Moses was like, why don't you come back? And instead of fighting physically, because no comedian should ever fight anything because they don't have the muscle mass to do that. Um, They'll just get winded and fall down. And (laughs) so... They said, come back and instead of like fighting, you guys can roast each other like you're like kind of like a while and out style thing. And you can you can roast each other. And then they started to make it a segment on that show. So the Sunday mic was called Show Up, Go Up. And it was this, it went from being a segment to its own proper show on Tuesdays. And yeah, it was very DIY. And we used to like, so there's a big controversy in LA because one, somebody called the, the fire department because we were breaking fire code at that show every week. Like it wasn't any fun unless you could, it was an 80, 80 person room. Unless you got 150 people in there, it was not fun. Like we would just, and we would 
pound the walls and the comedians would stand in the back and kind of tell the crowd because the rose battle crowd sometimes, you know, you have to train them. You have to let them know what's a good joke. And, um, that was like the, it was, it was, a it was such a weird, like speaking of punk, it felt that way. It was like a hot room with no ventilation, overpacked, like, people screaming like me and uh you know a comic you should have on keith carey loves him some punk and scott and he was a big part of rose battle all the seasons and we used to like stand in the back like if somebody had a bad joke we would just be like fucking boo in the back like (laughs) just monsters like it's comedians really letting their most evil impulses out um and the crowd loved it and yeah the wave just like organically showed up and started doing their thing and because it was like the hot show to be on and get noticed in la i started doing it because the guys i came up with were really into it and they were really good joke writers and so i challenged myself to do it they like set me in this other comic up april Lotcha. and one of the things that i i really enjoyed uh about it is when somebody writes a joke about you that's like super mean but very true and you feel extremely seen so um I, I say that like most of the people that have roasted me have outwritten me, but I go out there and I just act like your friendly hot auntie, you know, just like, hey, everybody, you know, and I started like even fem it up on stage because I can't like fem it up in my acts because I'm such a little goblin. But like at Roast Battle, <laughs> I could do that. I could wear like a I could wear like a dress and like look super cute and and that would even make it harder because they, you know, again, comedy, like hotness rules for comedians. It's like we're we're in uh, John Mayer called me a four once um, a bunch of times. He was like, you're like an L.A. four. So I'm not going to like uh, he's actually really nice off stage. But he was like, he was like, I'm not going to vote for you. And that became a, like my fake like, ah, fuck you, Mayor, you know, like a fake beef. Um and uh yeah so like celebrities would show up and judge and and i've gotten to judge it a couple of times and it was super fun and i learned how to write jokes and oh this is what i want to tell you so one of the best jokes i think ever written about me in general was at the the first uh my first roast battle uh april said um anna's fuck so many damaged men her pussy's been named a service animal. <laughs> and that is so real. I, and I just, when you, somebody says something like that, I would just stand back and just invite the wave on stage to do something, you know, cause, <laughs> cause they deserve the hype. Like they, they get to like, like that's so good. Um, Keith, Keith had a really good joke about me on the TV show. The, um, uh, and when people ask me, sometimes they'll be like, Hey, can you help me punch up this roast joke? I think about this joke a lot. Um, I'm not saying Anna's a desperate Mexican, but um, I did see her outside of Home Depot in a wedding dress. <laughs> right. And so like those yeah. moments where you're like, damn, like where it hits you in the core, you know, it's like that hits you. It hits you in the core and it's delivered with such um, such care and with such research, you know, like they really mm-hmm. get to know you as a person and and I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a really good, like, it, it was wild because I started comedy at 32 and two years into it, I was on a Comedy Central show. I was, I, my brain was completely blown. 
And, um, and then shortly after I just burnt out on it and I've just never gotten back to it, but I do love the math of a roast joke. Um, I will definitely like, like Madeleine Martin, uh, fest friend. I made so many friends, like comedy friends at fest. It's, it's really cool. And Matt's one of those where it's like, we can call each other anytime. And like he, uh, uh, he was asking me about roast jokes uh, for a show he did. And I just like fired off like 10, 15 of them. And it's like, he was like, damn. And I was like, I, this is what I used to do. I mean, you could, we'd be texting hateful jokes to each other 24 seven, all the people that roasted, <laughs> we were just like, and you would text somebody something completely, no context. You would just text them a mean joke. And then about somebody else and they would look at it and then you would just respond like, fire like we had all these like like vernacular to describe like how funny something was and like we were just laughing and and it was such a it felt like such a cool indie thing to be a part of and you know I think it's like it still holds strong like people still really like it um but it is interesting to kind of like watch it kind of ebb and flow and and I'm happy with all my friends who still do it like good for them um but yeah I just like I hit a wall with it I was like oh this isn't I felt like I just called everybody ugly or fat or short or, you know, whatever, as many times as I possibly could. And I was like, okay, I got to start like writing jokes about, mm-hmm. you know, I got to work on my act. <laughs> so, but yeah, I love, I love me some roast battle. I love that you love roast battle. Yes. Now, some years <laughs> back, I did an article, um, on uh on this rapper named dirtbag dan mm. who was really involved in this do you, I don't, he was really involved in the youtube yeah. um like rap rap mm-hmm. battle yeah grind time king of the dot all that yeah so i got by doing this article i, I really studied a lot of those videos and uh, interviewed him and interviewed several people and um just to hear like they would they would do these battles and have like months to plan and write and research their jokes where where is is roasting the comedy roasting similar where you're sitting there and trying to like research your opponent and learn these very specific things about their personal life so that you can turn them into roast jokes that's how i do it um also most of the roasters like battle rap little side note I actually found I actually found the comedy central roast battle to be very similar to that YouTube, yeah. uh, the the grind time stuff. Yeah. Like it's it has a very similar like cadence and feel yes. to it. Yeah, and it's I mean, and that's how we would do it in the belly room. And I think the best episodes of roast battle are the road twos or like the pre shows where they show people in the different venues where they're like like the belly room for us is like. It was where it started. And so it felt very like it's a very low ceiling, very small, sweaty. I cannot describe it. It smells weird in there. It's great because it's right (laughs) over the kitchen. So it's right over the kitchen. So it's like hot. The floor is hot. Like everything's hot up there. And um, but yeah, I used to there are some roasters that were really into it that would do it like every two weeks. I need more time. I used to kind of schedule like a month out because what I would do is I would write, I would listen to every podcast that person had been on. I would watch every bit of media they had out. I would watch their jokes. And then I would write down kind of my own personal assessment 
of uh, who I, what I thought was funny about them or what I thought was kind of like annoying about them. Right. And then I would write down a list of facts and treat each one of those facts like um, setups to jokes. And so um, then I would sit down and I would just sort of like listen to a lot of rap music um, and Attell albums. Attell is always one of those comedians. It's like he's very quick. So I would listen to stuff or I'd be at work and I would just back in the day I used to like vape nicotine. So I'd just drink coffee and vape nicotine and write like 80 hateful things at a time. (laughs) And then I would um, send the best of them to my friend and then we would sit down usually and have a little writer's room because we really loved the like, really loved the like practice of it. And we would categorize each joke. And I would write about 80 to 100 jokes, which is way more than other people do. Um, Roaster Robin Tran, she writes five jokes and then hones them like a samurai sword, just folding the syllables in on them until they're perfect jokes, which is probably a smarter way to do it. Um, I write in Robin, Robin is really, really good roaster. Mad genius. Absolute yeah. lunatic. Yeah. And just one of the meanest, funniest people out of Orange County. And again, similar to like punk, like, so I started in Long Beach, then Keith Carey started in Long Beach and Orange County. Um, Robin's an Orange County comic. Connor McSpadden was Inland Empire, but played a lot in Orange County. We were all, uh, Olivia Grace, we we're all friends. And we all went to the same mics and the same shows. We we're always booked together. So it kind of gave us like, again, like nerds that we were, it gave us our, our feeling of like, oh, we're doing something really indie and hardcore and like, ah, you know, it gave us our like our vibes around that. And um, so, yeah, I write too many jokes and then I narrow them down to about 15 and then I would run them at mics, and I would have to put them to memory. Um, and then I would meet with another roaster, uh, this guy, Doug Fager, and we would go over the jokes again, but more along the delivery lines, because I was so afraid of my ADD. Was I had like unmedicated ADD and anxiety, so I was just always at the time, like always on the verge of running out of the room, and nobody knew it. So I would really work on like how I delivered and you know, I was really scripted with it. And I know today it would be a much different situation. Thank you, Zoloft, you performance enhancing <laughs> drug. Um, literally the best thing that's ever happened to my comedy. And, um, and like, uh, yeah, I'd work on like looking relaxed, like rolling my shoulders back, smiling. The best piece of advice, if you're a comedian listening to this and you like, you like roasting, here's what I can tell you. Laugh at the jokes people tell about you. And ideally laugh genuinely at them. Like really enjoy those jokes. Take the minute to understand that that person spent hours of their week thinking about you. Like enjoy that for a second because that helps the audience feel okay with making fun of you and vice versa. It always helps to smile. Now, now something that um, I'm curious about, because I, I remember one time I saw this um I don't know if it was the documentary on Joan Rivers or was some interview with Joan Rivers and it was about her, um, her the roast, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Comedy Central roast where they roast celebrities. Yes. And she was very upset before it and was, 
just knew all the jokes were going to be about her being old or be about this and that. And she was like, kind of, you know, felt like she was going to be hurt and, and didn't want to have to deal with all of it. And when you watch it though, it's not how she doesn't let any of that. Yeah. She doesn't show any of that to the audience, but you know, cause comedians also are very sensitive. I mean, that's <laughs> usually a part of being a comedian. Is it challenging to be in that space? Does it hurt? Like that's when I stopped. I was like, eh. It started to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. When it started to hurt and it was, it only started to hurt cause I was having some health problems. I had these I, they're my, I had these, I grew these really big fibroids. People, women get them. And then it, it was why I had to have a hysterectomy. Um, and I remember I had a, a doctor's appointment that day and a, um, the doctor goes, we, you know, it's probably not cancer, but it is structural. And anyway, we just have to like do an ultrasound. And, I was like, I just looked at her and said, okay, well, um, just so you know, a 25 year old is going to call me Baron in about six hours for like 20 minutes. So, uh, I, I think maybe we could have worded that differently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was when I realized I was like, uh, maybe I should take a step back from this. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I don't think, how do I explain it? I know a lot of maniac comedians who will lose like a loved one, like a parent and then perform that night. I'm not that, I'm not that person. Um, but there is something to letting the audience know you're okay. Cause especially I tell really dark jokes about my person. I tell autobiographical jokes about my life that are very dark and it's very important for me to show the humor that I, I find in those jokes to like laugh with the audience and to, to bring them into why I think that is funny. And a lot of that has to do with like, just remembering to smile, which when you're on tour and you've been like, okay, so this is like my, uh, this is my 36th show in 28 days. And uh, my brain is soup and you have to kind of remind yourself like, I can hear, uh, I can hear on a recording. I can hear if I'm smiling. Like mm -hmm. it, it's just always important to me, especially because I have a very severe face. There are some comedians, like I love those like cute little girls that can do deadpan. I wish I could do. I can do my jokes are funny deadpan, but I, you know, I have a I have a harsh looking head. You know, I'm all <laughs> angles. You know, I got a nose with an elbow in it. I look like a I look like a bruja who is cursing herself. You know, so I have to be very careful to be like to show that there's joy and excitement because I have joy and excitement. That's also true to who I am. Even when I'm tired, I'm like, man, this is a, I used to work a drug I used to work at a drug rehab where people would throw pee at me sometimes. You know, like I've I've been bitten by clients. I've been swung at like I, I used to do I used to do really hard work and now I live a life beyond my wildest dreams and do hard work on top of it but I still live that life beyond my wildest dreams and like that to me I can always like rally that smile but I agree I mean Joan Rivers is the goat of of just handling that stuff with ease when she was extremely sensitive about it you know she's very sensitive yeah, about her yeah. body that's how but honestly that's how comedians get funny Usually, you know, like I was the brown yeah. kid in a you I own in the 90s was not the winery mecca that it is now. You know, it was it was just meth shacks and correctional <laughs> officers. And um, so I 
I didn't see myself as like the hottest looking girl in town. And I think that like a lot of comedians feel that way. I, my uh, friend Alex Cooper, he said this one time that um, somebody did a joke about his eyes being really far apart. And he just like stood and stared at himself in the mirror for a couple of days. It's like, <laughs> how far apart are my eyes? I, and when I was roasting, I would dye my hair. You wouldn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm all pretty much almost all gray now. And like, I would dye my hair and put, I would contour my face and go out of my way to look like younger and cuter. And cause it was harder to roast me, you know? Yeah. So, um, but uh, the the joke I always got is Anna Anna looks like she's trying to be Selena, but she just looks more like the lady who shot her Yolanda. Like there's a lot of there was a lot of that, but um, but yeah, it was I got really skinny during that time too. Like I was really skinny, and I think that I'm certain that the roasting had a little bit to do with that, you know, because there is those moments where like you know you're like, am I getting fatter? Wait a minute, that guy's shaped like a potato. <laughs> like he just called me fat that man no that man, i could beat that i could outrun that man how dare he you know what i mean so there are those moments but yeah the important thing is, is don't let him see you sweat if you don't if the joke hurts your feelings or it annoyed you or you know it can get really easy to be like yeah i've heard that joke before you know mm -hmm. well the audience hasn't so just deal with it yeah. it's fine like you know, it's if you're in a salty mood or you're in a place where you can't emotionally handle it, like leave it. Trust me, there is some younger upstart comedian who's hungry for it and is going to want to embarrass themselves in front of those, you know, 80 drunk people at the comedy store. So don't worry. The, there's more there's more where you came from. You don't have to do it forever. Yeah. Like um, I have like a large birthmark on my face and it's not something I'm sensitive about. Mm. And it's not something I it's not something I even think about much, but it's the thing that everyone notices about me. Is that why there's no video on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very sensitive about it. No, that's not the reason. But my point is, I'm sure that that's what would be the thing I would be roasted sure. for. And it would be weird to have that constantly be uh, be a point of of something that people are bringing up and insulting me about. Because I'm not, it doesn't really, I don't think about it, but just to have it be in, in my head constantly, your face, your face, your face, your face, it seems like it would be a strange uh, headspace to be in. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of slut shaming that uh, at the time that was, I mean, and I, I think that's a harsh word for it. There's just a lot of joking about the sexual history of a woman, you know what I mean? Um yeah. And, and again, it's really funny because all those guys are like Scott Punk boys from from other, you know, other parts of California. So they have like they don't believe it. And I think that's the important thing to realize is like uh, I think some of the fans think we like when you're telling those jokes, you're you're really just going for like the thing that's going to be true and funny to the audience. You don't believe that. You don't. I don't I don't believe that my friend Keith is a, you know, is a big fat goblin person or whatever the things that we would say or like fat shaming happens a lot <laughs> yeah so it's like a lot of stuff that's the other thing about that period of time i started comedy in 2014 i was roasting from 2015 to 2017 a lot has changed in media and pop culture where i don't think i can make those jokes anymore like without being a little prepared to apologize you know, like mm -hmm. I think ethically, a lot of us have had to reevaluate our responsibility um, 
with our platforms, I think, which is the least fun roast statement to ever say. Like that's like that's the the point of roast battle is to say the taboo things and to be, you know, to be dicks about it, you know? And like uh I I think I, you know, a lot of a lot of people, audiences included, have kind of like maybe grown out of that a little bit, but um, I know that they're still going strong and I know a lot of like really funny roasters that are still doing it today and, and there's still like a market for it. There's still folks that want to like laugh at the taboo together. And, um, but yeah, it is like the most base material, you know, like it is, I've, I've written a joke about somebody's eyes being far apart from each other. Like, <laughs> you know, um, you try to, you're not going to write, I don't, I mean, there's some folks like John Michael Bond is a, is a great example. He writes very long, very intelligent roast jokes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, with that man bun, you look like a butt plug. Like, those are the things I say. <laughs> like, I, you know, I try to say them in an artful manner, but, you know, it, it is very like, uh, it, it isn't necessarily the smartest of smartest of joke telling methods sometimes but when you hear a good like super smart roast joke you're like damn <laughs> it's a thing of beauty because it's like there's even down to the syllables like oh god i'm so in the weeds i'm so sorry guys no this is what we're here for word economy and this will relate back to martial arts word economy is very important to me like i love word economy not everybody does. And in many ways, I have to sit down and like, okay, how can I expand this rather than retract it? But I love a joke that is just the fat is just cut right off of it. And roast jokes really capture that. Um, and, and the same is true for like martial arts. A good, clean martial arts technique is not this big, crazy, floofy, arms flailing everywhere martial arts technique. It is usually what you're trying to achieve is economy of motion. And that's where all of your power and speed comes from is by eliminating any extra movements in your body and delivering the maximum amount of impact with the minimum amount of effort. And um, at first, it's really hard to do that and you're exhausted all the time. And then 20 years later, you're doing something and you're like, man, I remember when this used to make me like shake and throw up and now I'm kind of like bored, <laughs> you know, like, huh. All right. Look at that. I know how to do that. Oh, sorry, kid. Didn't mean to hurt you. You know? And so like, so I think that that that's how roasting and I would always like kind of move on stage roasting like I was uh, getting ready to actually like spar somebody because that kind of helped me get in my body and and move a little bit. And I still do that on stage. I Like before I go on stage, I usually stretch like I'm about ready to go fight the audience. Like I stretch like I'm I'm getting ready for for a kumite or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, listen. If 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 you're not a blood sport house, what are you? Yeah. You know? Sure. Um so so yeah, that is um that's kind of the the attitude I went into it with is like, oh, you think you can embarrass me? I my dad I had a Mexican dad. You're not gonna outroast him. Yeah, you're not gonna outroast him. Like, oh, you think you're gonna embarrass me? I've been, you know, I've 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 had my butt kicked in front of tournaments full of people in as an adult. Like I've been a I've been a green belt in karate as an adult. Cringe. You know, <laughs> I I fall down all the I swear to you I just do martial arts so I can 
I can run into furniture and not bruise. That's really it. Like I'm constantly falling, constantly making an ass of myself and laughing about it, you know? So that's how I was always with Rose Battle. I was like, Psh, you think you haven't heard it? You haven't seen uh, you haven't seen my friends in Orange County outside of a mic. They used to have this running gag where they they called me a retired Muppet. So they were treating me like a retired Muppet who um, was working the streets. <laughs> so they'd be like they had this whole thing where they were like pimps and they'd be like, you Muppet ass bitch. Ain't nobody want to touch that felt anymore. Look at you, you raggedy ass. Get back in your suitcase. <laughs> Just out of the blue you know and like so i always yeah i i I, again i it takes a certain type of um takes a certain type of weirdo to really be into it but yeah it's a it's a fun thing you gotta have fun doing it you gotta be able to take a punch you know figure figuratively and metaphorically you know (laughs) all right well before we go could you tell everybody the name of your upcoming special and if you happen to know when it'll be out I don't know when it'll, it should be out early next year. Um, the, uh, the album and the special will be called murder puss. All right. Uh, that yeah. Murder puss one word murder puss. Uh, if you listen to my standup, you'll know yeah, why just, you'll know why I have a body count and a body count. So just follow Anna. So you, you'll, you'll be <laughs> the first one to be aware of when the special is available. Yeah. And you can find me at Anna V is funny on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. Um, my website is AnnaValenzuela.com and uh, come and check me out. And if, and I love it. If you, if you find me because of this podcast, yes. tell me because I will tell, I will tell Adam and Aaron that, that you you yeah. found me that way. I love it. <laughs> I love it when people from when I've guessed in on a podcast and people are like, I'm a Goods from the Woods fan or I'm a Rad fan or I'm, you know, I'm a Lady to Lady fan. Like, I love that because it it makes everybody because then I get to brag to my friends that they have fans, <laughs> which yeah. is pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to In Defense of Ska. To support the show, sign up for our Patreon. Intro and outro music by Slow Gherkin from the EP Lives. Additional music by Dan P. and the Bricks. Please rate and review the podcast and tell a friend. Follow at In Defense of Ska on social media. The book In Defense of Ska by Aaron Carnes is available from Clash Books. Order it online. Chris Reeves of SPI is our editor. This is your co-host, Adam Davis of Omnigon, leaving you by saying ska now more than ever. Were you surprised by how how tight Anna and I are? We're like buddies. Uh, no, I'm not surprised. And I'm not even surprised that, uh, that she thinks you're the greatest human that's ever lived. <laughs> it's because you are. So, at least somebody does. Where'd you go? I'm right here. I'm just, uh, I'm just, thinking. just being quiet. <laughs> this is the outro of the show. I know, but it's, it's hard not to think about how amazing you are. Oh, you were just like looking off into the middle distance, thinking about how great I am. Well, I was looking to the, the wall on my left where I have a bunch <laughs> of Adam Davis photos. <laughs> Your shrine where you light candles before we do this show, but you know where else we light candles, you know, where else we have a shrine where over on our Patreon. Behind the curtain. Oh. Of course, they're the LED candles because we don't want to light this curtain on fire. But head back there. 
we had more conversation with our good friend Anna behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the shit talking that we couldn't do out in the open. All the shit talking. Yes. All the shit talking. So if you want to hear all the shit we talked, go sign up for the Patreon. When you're done uh, listening to our bonus content, go back and listen to our old episode with Folly we did. We talked about Folly so much this episode, you should probably refresh yourself on the their history, which we got into it back when we had them on the show. Go back and listen to the Folly episode. Go back and listen to Brandy Posey's episode. Go back and listen to Fred Armisen's episode. Go back and just listen to the, the podcast from episode one on. I, I mean, while you're at it. We're just going to stop there. Yeah. I don't know why you're still going. <laughs> Chris, you decide where to end. If we, if we should end <laughs> there. This. Or if we should this end. is fine. Yeah. It's a whole other episode now. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the next episode of A Defensive Scott. I'm your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.